0: chapter eighteen of wanted by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eighteen responsibility rebecca's task proved not to be a formidable one she went about it with utmost caution and tenderness yet with utter truthfulness do you mean that mrs mackenzie asked in an awed whisper as she took in the sense of the softly murmured words of the girl who was kneeling beside her. Then, after a few minutes of utter silence, she spoke quite steadily. "'Well, perhaps it is better so. It is, of course, if God has planned it. I thought I would like to surprise Dean, and I thought I could do it, but perhaps he sees that I couldn't. I am not very strong even now, although I am different from what I have been for years.' Yesterday I lay thinking, what if I should go back? I was all in a tremble over it. I had just strength enough to get out the little bottle from where I had hidden it between the springs and the slats and pour it out of that open window. I raised up all by myself to do it, and I'm glad it is done. I feel safer so. Perhaps the grave is the only safe place for me." cold shivers like an ague chill shook rebecca's frame as she listened she had never before come into close contact with a person who was under the dominion of an awful habit and the power of sin seemed more terrible to her than it ever had you may well shudder the sick woman said but speaking herself in very quiet tones i had barely strength to do it and the smell of it while it was gurgling out drove me wild i tell you i am safer in the grave than anywhere else oh dear mrs mackenzie not in the grave well no i will not say that it used to be all that i could see but god has been very merciful it seems strange that there should be heaven for me but i think there is and you will take care of my Lillian such care as i have not given her it is better so she said very little more but lay quiet and grave evidently thinking over what had been told her after a little she raised herself and asked for dean to be sent for what passed between husband and wife that day only god knows after that she grew steadily weaker failing so visibly that no one who saw her needed telling. One evening, just as Lillian was asleep for the night, and Rebecca, who had had a busy day, was seated by the hall window in a flood of moonlight, resting, Nancy came with hurrying feet and wiping the tears from her face. Oh, Rebecca, I guess she's going, sure, and she wants you without waiting for details rebecca sprang up hastily and hurried away mrs mackenzie had been no worse than usual during the day but she had not heard from her for several hours yes there had been a change she noted it the moment her eyes rested on the pallid face mr mackenzie was holding in his a hand which seemed already lifeless mrs payne was sobbing softly under cover of her apron and the doctor stood motionless and grave, apparently waiting. He moved aside as Rebecca entered and motioned her forward. The movement seemed to arouse the apparent sleeper on the bed. She opened her eyes and said softly, "'Has she come?' Then, as Rebecca stepped close to her, she smiled. "'I wanted to ask you again. You will be sure to take care of my Lillian?' as long as she needs my care and i can give it i will said rebecca in steady tones and the smile on the sick woman's face deepened i can trust you she murmured now pray she glanced about her startled was dr carter there was any one who prayed no the direction must have been given to her she dropped upon her knees she was unused to prayer before others Save that one time in her dire extremity, when she had prayed for Mr. Mackenzie, his wife was the only one who had ever heard her on her knees. But, of course, there was no thought of refusal, no time for hesitation. As for what she said, God knows, assuredly, she does not, but she knows it was from her heart. "'Amen,' said Mrs. Mackenzie. Then, after a moment, "'Kiss Lillian for Mama.' oh dean are you sure you forgive me his reply was murmured in her ear and a tender smile was on her face the while then her eyes closed and all was still a few moments more and dr carruthers laid his hand on mr mackenzie's arm spoke a few words in low tone and led him away rebecca slipped back to her motherless charge and kneeling beside her bed prayed for the poor boy who was waiting for the mother who would never come. The next few days were almost bewildering in their responsibility. Every servant in the house seemed to understand, by common consent, that Rebecca was the one to be consulted in regard to anything which had to do with Lillian, or with plans for the immediate future. Perhaps Mr. Mackenzie had so directed." He came to her the morning after Mrs. Mackenzie had left them, his first errand being to bring Lillian back to her. The child had been with him in the library for more than an hour, and a glance at her little pale face showed Rebecca that she understood. This little girl is going to be very good, he said with a faint grave smile. She means to take her food and her medicine and be brave all day for Papa's sake and then rebecca received the trembling form in her arms and the golden head was hidden in her neck i must leave her entirely in your care today the father explained i must go to carol i fear the poor boy is more ill than i had supposed and i must in any case give him his mother's messages i have left on my library table a paper giving directions so far as i could recall what should be done if other questions arise demanding immediate attention, I beg you will use your judgment. I shall return early to-morrow morning. Apparently Rebecca was to take charge of the paper, so she went for it and quietly assumed the charge he had given her. It was well that she was by nature self-controlled and clear-headed. She needed all her strength and forethought. Even Mrs. Barnett leaned upon her do please give nora a notion of what to have for dessert she said waylaying rebecca in the hall as she was on her way downstairs there will be folks here to dinner i suppose he said we must be ready for friends who might come and i am that shaken up i don't half know what i am about she held a hand to her head while she spoke and looked worn and ill so rebecca went to the kitchen and consulted with nora there was scarcely less responsibility when the master of the house returned. By that time guests had arrived, aunts and cousins belonging to the class who hold almost no intercourse with their relatives during their lives, but seemed to feel the importance of gathering about their lifeless clay. Some of these cousins, near Rebecca's own age, looked wonderingly and somewhat doubtfully upon her. She overheard one of them interviewing the housekeeper. Barnett, who is that young woman who seems to have so much to say about things? One meets her everywhere, and she always has Lillian with her. Rather officious is she not? The reply was very distinct. That young woman is a dear friend of her that's gone. She had her sent for that last night, and said some of her last words to her. And Miss Lillian loves her dreadfully, and can't bear to be out of her sight. No, she ain't officious she is that kind and considerate that i don't know what any of us would do without her rebecca busy and troubled as she was could not restrain a smile evidently mrs barnett did not like the cousin who was questioning it was several days after the mother had been laid in the grave before rebecca knew what was to become of lillian and herself mr mackenzie returned to his son directly after the funeral saying nothing to her beyond the statement that he had left lillian absolutely in her care but this he said positively in the presence of the cousin who had considered her officious so though that cousin still lingered and did what she could to win lillian rebecca kept her charge constantly in sight and assumed all the responsibilities concerning her from dr carruthers who had gone down with mr mackenzie she learned that the boy was slowly gaining. He had borne the news of his mother's death as well as could have been expected, but still it was a setback, and his father naturally felt very anxious. Mr. Mackenzie went down to the shore where his son was and returned three times before he summoned Rebecca to a consultation. It was not a long one. His plans, he told her, were now matured so far as he could mature them without her help. His boy was in a critical condition. The terrible disappointment in regard to his mother had been very hard. The doctor believed that a sea voyage was a matter of vital importance to him, and a stay of some months in a totally different climate. He was unable to go without his father, or at least in his present condition there was no one with whom his father was willing to trust him save himself but dr carruthers who was so sure that the sea was what the boy needed was equally sure that he did not want lillian to go in that direction he greatly preferred the country for her and cheerful quiet instead of the excitement of travel plainly the father must be separated from his daughter if he was to do what was best for both children. The question which remained was, could and would Rebecca assume the entire charge of Lillian until such time as he could again give her his personal care? You remember, he said, breaking off to give her a searching look, what you said to her mother? Yes, said Rebecca, her lip quivering a little. I remember. I shall be glad to keep my word he seemed greatly relieved and thanked her earnestly then went back to business it remained to decide where he should place the two during his absence he had relatives unnumbered he explained with the shadow of a smile flitting across his grave face but no mother nor sister nor very near and dear friend his aunts and cousins three of them had kindly offered even urged their homes as the fitting place but there were reasons why some other would be preferable. For one thing, the climate was not in those localities as desirable as it might be. And besides, what did she think? Would she object to having Lillian entirely removed from any of her family friends? I should prefer it, said Rebecca quickly. That is, I beg your pardon, I mean if I am to have the sole responsibility, I think and there she stopped. Yes, he said, he perfectly understood, and quite agreed with her. Assuredly, she was to have the sole responsibility. Then was there any place with which she was acquainted, and for which she had a preference? If so, he would be glad to have her mention it, and he would take it into careful consideration. Then came to Rebecca a vision of her father's last letter, only a few lines, he lived such a busy life, but the closing lines were, "Oh, daughter, when are we going to have sight of your face? Your last letters have done us good in many respects, but I own that they have made us hungry to see you. How much longer must we wait? How long would it be, in view of these plans, before she could see her father? She had written several letters since that first one, all beginning, dear father and mother and mrs meredith had replied to them saying we as her father always did and giving pleasant home news and being cordial in her tone before sickness and death came into their midst rebecca had thought of planning a vacation and a visit home after that she put it from her indefinitely she thought rapidly while mr mackenzie waited then spoke from the impulse which had just come to her i have not had time to think of course but would you object to my taking miss lillian to my own home for a time he was not one to agree blindly to anything he questioned carefully where was her home and what were its surroundings oh yes he knew that region of country in point of health it was all that could be desired did her people live in town ah that was encouraging half a mile out in so small a city as that was almost like the country when he was told her father's given name he grew more interested still asked when and where he graduated and said at last why i must have known your father when i was a boy is it possible that he is john ellis meredith i had a brother who was a chum of his if i mistake not i have visited at your father's old home he looked steadily at rebecca as he said these words and she knew his knowledge of her father made him wonder why the daughter had chosen such work as she had the color on her face deepened but she answered his look my father is a country physician in very moderate circumstances and as there was no work at home needing me i resolved to try and earn my living my mother is dead but my father's second wife is a good woman. I think Miss Lillian would be happy there. Mr. Mackenzie bowed. Thank you, he said, for your confidence. And, Rebecca, it is not necessary for you to say Miss Lillian. You are too much to her, and too thoroughly a tried and trusted friend of the family, to make such formality necessary or desirable.' "'Matters shaped themselves with astonishing rapidity after that. "'Rebecca's letter home was replied to by the first possible mail. "'They were more than willing to receive her charge. "'Indeed,' wrote Mrs. Meredith, "'your father is so hungry for a sight of you "'that I think he would accept any conditions. "'But, aside from that, we are sorry for the little motherless one, "'and will be glad to help you make her happy.' We think it was very kind in you to be willing to assume her care. As for the terms mentioned, they are liberal in the extreme. Indeed, we hardly feel willing to receive so large a sum for the board of a little child. Your father thinks you would better explain that we live very simply and that no such amount is necessary. Rebecca carried the message to Mr. Mackenzie, and he paid quite as much attention to it as she had supposed he would i am fully aware that i am receiving that for which money cannot pay but at the same time i wish to have money do what it can the terms i mentioned included your own board rebecca for i wished you to feel quite free to give your entire time to lillian if you chose in an incredibly short space of time considering the amount of work to be done the great house was put in order for an indefinite absence the servants scattered to various points the housekeeper sent to spend the summer and as much longer as was necessary with her married daughter and mr mackenzie attended by his faithful rogers was ready for a sea voyage only the day before they were to sail he took rebecca and her charge as far as the junction where they made their last change of cars he had planned to go all the way but business matters of great importance delayed him and rebecca assured him that all they would have to do after changing at the junction would be to sit still until her father came to meet them at their own station but there were a hundred and fifty miles to ride before the junction was reached during which rebecca was for the first time in her life taken care of on a journey mr mackenzie was a man who seemed to know by intuition just when windows and blinds and shades needed attention, or just when a glass of water or an orange would be refreshing. Apparently he devoted himself to Lillian. A looker-on would have said that he had eyes and ears for no one but her. Yet during that long morning, Rebecca never needed fan or traveling bag or convenience of any sort, but he seemed to know it and was at hand. End of chapter 18